Welcome to Let's Talk Memoir, a podcast for memoir lovers, readers, and writers. I'm your host, Ronit Plank. Hi, it's Ronit popping in to say hello and to let you know that this is the last episode of season two of Let's Talk Memoir. So after this episode, number 45, Let's Talk Memoir will go on hiatus for the summer, but I'm already working on season three, which will launch in September. I've had such a good time making this show this season and was able to double, maybe more than double, the amount of episodes that I had in the first season. And I'm so grateful to have had the chance to talk to so many memoirists who've come on the show and shared so generously of their time and insight on craft and the writing life and how they went about writing their own books. I do love the show, I love making it, and I also feel super grateful to be able to connect with listeners. And I love hearing from you. I've gotten notes and thank yous and suggestions and reviews on Apple, which I really, really am grateful for. Thank you. For the last episode of this season, I wanted to spend a little time talking about a couple of the elements that come up quite a bit for memoirists and people who are beginning to write their memoir. And one of the questions that recently came up in my messages was, how do you deal with your own limiting beliefs, your fear or negativity uh, during the writing process? How do you overcome roadblocks that seem to appear and reappear? And You know, there's no magic solution for this, but I would suggest the best thing to do in almost all cases when it comes to writing questions is keep writing, which is not glamorous and it's pretty simple, although it can be one of the hardest things to do. It is hard to take the little criticizer off our shoulders when we feel it pressing in on us and we feel like we are watching ourselves or wondering if we have what it takes to write our story or where to begin. And definitely when I started writing my book, I had no idea how I was going to begin and how I was going to structure it and where the dots would connect. And I think that the main thing is to just make a date with yourself to write when you can. And I don't really stick with that idea that you have to wake up every day at the same time or stay up late every day for the same time slot to work. I think that me and a lot of the writers I know, we work when we can. We find the time when we can. And there have even been guests on this show who have talked about being feast or famine writers. I think I'm one of those too where I might go for days and days. I mean, sometimes even weeks during the summer months or when my kids are at home or when there's lots of family things to do when I'm not in the zone to write but then when I do have time to write I I make sure that I protect it so it's kind of this combination of being respectful of your own time and creative process and also not shooting on yourself uh, which is you know punishing yourself for the things that you don't do and as for the criticisms and doubts and negativity that arise when you're writing 
I think you're just going to have to go through it. I think you're just going to have to acknowledge that they're there and keep writing anyway. And if you feel really stumped, something that works for my students is just doing a short exercise or doing some type of a letter type of exercise to loosen things up. I love kind of calling out whatever it is that's bothering me or that's nagging on me. So for example, if I were sitting down to write and I'm just having a lot of swimmy thoughts in my head and I can't focus, I would write about that until whatever I'm putting on the page or on the screen starts to form into something more than just the words that I'm actually writing. And by that, I think you might understand what I mean because it happens to most of us when we're writing. At some point, the words and the actual typing out transcends and becomes something larger and a little bit more maybe ethereal or intangible. And and wherever that starts to happen for you, I recommend that you dig in because you're probably onto something. And if you're if you're getting swept up in that, that is a really good sign that that criticizer is at bay. So I hope that's helpful. Just to really drill this in, we all have negative thoughts about our work about so many things and especially as writers there are so many writers out there there are so many books there are so many stories everyone you meet is writing something it seems sometimes especially memoir especially for me because I I hear this a lot and it can be easy to feel overwhelmed or like you will not get it done but the only way you're going to get it done is if you make this date with yourself and I hesitate to use the word appointment or anything like that or schedule it's a date for you to see what you think you know you're making time for you to see what you think about the things that are on your mind and if you enjoy that then that's great because it's a lot of what memoir writing is Another issue that comes up a bunch for memoirists is structure and how do we structure our books. And I know for me, this was a really big distraction for a long time. I felt like until I knew the container for my book, I couldn't really relax because how was I going to build tension and make some connections and up the the arc and make my reader invested if I didn't know where I was leading them? And so you know I just had to keep writing I had to keep creating the scenes that I knew had to be in the book and in some cases some of the guests I've had on this show have done non-linear memoirs or memoirs and essays which are amazing as well so if you think about your work that way you almost can not worry about the entire arc yet and write discrete pieces on their own to completion and to your satisfaction and then worry about the connective tissue a little bit later. If you're someone like me who really, really feels like you need to know where you're going with the story, you might want to ask yourself, where is the most tension? Where is the most investment possibly going to come from my reader? And by this I mean, what are the scenes, the events that have the most front-loaded energy, the most impact, the most drama, the most immediately interesting facts. That might be a place to consider beginning your book. And then you can always go back in time. You can bounce around. But a good way to start is just to you know think about where you would want your story to begin if you were reading your story. What will make you feel invested and like you want to know more about this particular memoirist? And then, of course, hopefully you have a trusted reader or two or a writer's group 
or an editor, someone or a, a bunch of people who you trust who can help tell you where they feel the book seems to want to start. Because after looking at your own manuscript for a while, it can be really hard to know what you have there. But this idea of finding the structure and plotting out your book, this is a tough one because it is a little bit of a leap of faith. and. There's really no way to know for sure how you're going to end up until you just keep writing pages and pages, scenes and scenes, events that are significant to your story after events. And soon what you have will start to take shape. You also may not have the answer to this until you have a better sense of your theme and what the you in the memoir is trying to understand or work out. And of course, the catch-22 here is that often you don't know what the other theme is beyond the most obvious story in your story until you've done the writing. I can be a pretty impatient person, so I understand that it's really hard sometimes to have faith that your story will come together or that you'll know what decisions to make, but I, I don't actually think you can make those decisions until you work out more of what your story is about. And not only am I an impatient person, but I'm also sort of a lazy writer in some ways because I don't like to waste any time or any pages if it's not going to end up in a final product. But something I've learned and that I've posted about uh, a bit is that I don't really think anymore that things are wasted. I think that even, you know, a poem I write that I don't think is very good is getting me closer to what it is I might want to say. And even if I never publish something that I've worked on, there might be a kernel of understanding that I gain from writing it. So this is sort of to say... You have to keep writing. There are no shortcuts. You have to just know that it's going to take a little bit of time and that you might have some aha moments, which are amazing. But sometimes what your story is about beyond the story that you think your story is about, it's going to dawn on you slowly through the process of writing and reflecting. And sometimes we do need people to help us reflect and to point us in the right direction, which happened for me and which is what I try to do with my students as well. Because there's stuff we miss. I mean, I miss the obvious so much. And it is hard to notice our patterns sometimes. I mean, I'm sure people who love you will tell you that you keep doing a thing that you don't really realize you're doing. That's all really good material for a memoir, especially for the narrative voice of your memoir, the narrator you, to discover on the page for the reader what kind of behavior you were prone to during the time your memoir takes place and how you did or didn't realize those patterns. And that can be very interesting for your reader. And readers are really smart. I would say that memoir readers are particularly keen to try to track the writer and the memoirist through their journey and to pick up clues. So these kinds of ruminations and figuring out what was going on for you and why you kept doing the things you were doing, that's really interesting reading. And don't be afraid to lean into the behavior you might be embarrassed about, ashamed of, or want to forget because the things that you might have perpetrated yourself and then you can cop to them and not hide them from the reader, the more trustworthy you can become to your reader. And speaking of trustworthiness, something that I talk about a lot, which is really important to me when I read memoir, is the memoirist's ability 
to depict the problematic people in their lives in an even-handed way or at least a fully lit way. And the reason why I talk about this and write about it is because, again, as we've talked about on this show again and again, memoir is not about finger-pointing, throwing people under the bus, victimizing yourself, or placing blame on others. It's about a mind at work and figuring out why you did what you did and how you behaved when you did behave that way and what you think about it now, you know, along with some other things. But when you depict the people in your life, parents, loved ones, relatives, exes, people you worked with in an even-handed way, and, and that doesn't mean you have to go on and on and on in lengthy scenes, but when you do show them in scenes, they can't just be the villain. They can't just be, you know, the evil portrait of a bad person. They have to be well-rounded and a little bit fleshed out which also helps your reader understand that you're trying to see this person with clear eyes and that you're not just here to make yourself look like a hero. This can be challenging and it's not always easy to find redeeming qualities in people, but when there's someone in your work that comes up again and again as the source of pain, it might be good to do an exercise where you think about an experience with them that offered you something other than pain and you can include that or you can include a feature of their personality that isn't just cruel or self-absorbed. And I realize that that's a lot of information, but I wanted to share it with you because these are some of the questions that come up. So while Let's Talk Memoir is on summer hiatus. I will be furiously reading the books of my guests that are coming on in season three and planning and interviewing so that I can launch in September. If you have not listened to all of my episodes, then you've got, you know, good news. You've got like 44 other episodes you can listen to during the summer. You can also visit my Instagram, Ronit Plank. And Facebook. I'm also on Twitter and TikTok, I'm, I have to admit. But Instagram is where you'll see images of my guests, maybe photos of their books, quotes that I've pulled out from episodes, little videos that have an excerpt of the interview so that you can decide if that's one you want to listen to right now. And I would say that I think like with reading a book or reviewing course material, if, if a episode resonated with you and you remember really liking the guest I would say two things I'd say one consider listening to it again maybe you'll take away even more from the second listen or you'll be reminded of what stood out to you that you really want to try to remember when you're writing and two perhaps take a look at the memoirs and books that they recommended in their episode which are also listed for you in the show notes of the episode and and maybe check out those memoirs because if you liked what a guest had to say and they are really excited about certain books then you too might like those books and find them helpful as you write so I think that's everything I want to thank you so much for helping me grow this podcast this little indie podcast it's been just growing and growing the numbers are increasing and people are sharing it with friends and so you know if you love it leave a review tell your friends share it keep sharing it 
And if you have any questions or ideas or you want to reach me, you can message me on Instagram at Ronit Plank, or you can also fill out the form on my website, which is ronitplank.com. And there are links in the show notes to my memoir, When She Comes Back, as well as my short story collection, Home is a Made Up Place. And if you want to read a couple of my craft articles on writing, you can visit my website, go under the published work or the writing tab and look at the craft section and you can find those articles. Meantime, I hope you have a beautiful summer. Stay healthy and safe and creative and I will be back in September. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk Memoir. For more about this episode, please visit the link in the show notes or on Instagram at Ronit Plank. That's R-O-N-I-T-P-L-A-N-K. You can also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. If you liked this episode of Let's Talk Memoir, please go ahead and share it with your friends and subscribe. And if you have two more seconds, you can rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, which really does help other people find the show. Thank you so much for being here. 